this is Sophie Lawson from sophielawson.com and this is episode 98 of the Sophie Art Podcast which is a little podcast that I do about the art and things and this one is about art books it's part two of a little thing I did I did last week I did part one looking at a load of books on my bookshelf and last week's was mainly spiritual books and this week we've mainly got art books and I've taken all the books off the bookshelf and put them onto the desk so if you're watching on youtube at youtube.com slash sophie lawson you'll be able to see the covers and the covers and stuff as I'm going through the books and these are mostly art books apart from the first few which are more spiritual type things but that's basically it really little little co-host little Dennis is with us he's actually my favorite I think I love little Dennis. He's cool. And I think he's going to be next week's draw a day. I do a little drawing challenge, draw every day for a year. I think next month's is going to be little Dennis's. <laughs> I'm going to draw a load of little Dennis's, which I think will be fun. But let's get into this one. Bing! So we're going to just look at these books and just talk about them. So these are books that I haven't read before or I've started reading and put them down because I'm struggling so the first book is a book called The Abundance Project by Derek Rydell best-selling author of Emergence 40 days to more wealth, health love and happiness as I said on last week's episode I've got a sort of a limiting belief or something about money so this book well I was watching a podcast called by Inspire Nation and they interviewed Derek Rydell and this was just around the time when I was getting into affirmations and he actually did a load of affirmations, MP3s, which I I went on his website and bought them and I downloaded them but this book, he was talking about this book and it sounded really good so on the back it says, this book is about having enough more than enough in every area of your life. From the best-selling author of Emergence comes a fresh perspective on the meaning of abundance and how the true source of everything we need isn't something we achieve but is rather a front a font a fount fount. Uh, by the I do struggle with some words f-o-u-n-t a fount I guess like a fountain from within. Inside your lies an infinite source of potential that is fully accessible as well as useful to the world around you. The the Abundance Project is an inspirational step-by-step plan for living a more enriching life. And on the cover we've got a big apple tree with loads of apples. So this will be quite cool. And then when you take the cover off it's it's black. It's a bit bit boring that one. (laughs) But I think this is going to be really good. So... By the sound of it, there's going to be like little challenges or something in here. What have we got? Yeah, that's basically it. It's just, it's just really, I think, about, like he says, silencing the lies. Which is something I've noticed, is my mind lies a lot. So that's the, that's the first book. The second one is a sort of a spiritual book. It's Carlos Castaneda, The Teachings of Don Juan, A, UK, a Yukik Way of Knowledge. And then this one, again, I haven't read it yet, 
but I'm currently reading his one of his other books called what's it called? Something Don Juan something. Oh, Journey to Exlin. I'm on chapter ten now. That book is just getting better and better. So hopefully this one will be really good as well. And on the back it says, the, f- the first book in Carlos Castaneda's spiritual journey into the world of sorcery. We love sorcery. So this is actually the first book. I should have read this one first, really. I read the other one, Journey to Excellence, because Robert Wagner, he said about that on one of his interviews, Lucid Dreaming Expert. But this one, it says, in 1960... Carlos Castaneda first met Don Juan, a Yukwik Indian feared and shunned by the ordinary folk of the American Southwest because of his unnatural powers. He was, he was a sorcerer, could do magic things. During the next five years, Don Juan's arcane knowledge led Castaneda into a world of beauty and terror. We like that. Ruled by concepts far beyond those of Western civilization. Using psychedelic drugs, peyote, jimson weed, and a mushroom called humito, Castaneda lived through encounters with disembodied spirits. This is amazing, because next week's podcast, episode 99, is actually going to be an About the Tings episode, where I can talk about anything. And I'm thinking, if I don't have any lucid dreams over the next week next week's episode is going to be about entities because i've i've been having these i've been having this one entity that's kept it's kind of a negative entity it's kept coming into my meditations and my dreams so i'm going to talk about that because doing a bit of research there seems to be well some people think they're real like separate from us these entities and some people think they are all mind generated so I'm, I'm going to be quite excited to talk about that but that, that'll be next week but on the back here it says shamans in the form of it says castanator lived through encounters with disembodied spirits shamans in the form of huge wolves and death in the shape of silver crows finally after a night of utter terror in which he knew that his life was threatened by forces which he still could cannot fully explain he gave up his struggle to become a man of knowledge the teachings of don juan in the story of castanator's extraordinary experiences i can't wait for that that sounds amazing and because he's he's done so many more books after this one i feel like i'm going to end up collecting all of these because this first the first one i'm reading journey to excellent is just it's amazing so hopefully that will be just as good and on the cover, we've got we've got a heart. It looks like a black heart with spikes coming out of it. So that's quite cool, really. It's it's like it's like it's like scary love and scary together. It's quite funny. <laughs> this next book, beautiful orange one with pyramids on the front. It's called The Alchemist, a fable about following your dream. And the text on this one is coming off the page which I love that because if you run your finger across it you can feel the texture I love it when books do that and this one is by who's it by I can't read how they put that hey Will Smith read this one of my favourite books Will Smith said that this book is by I think it's Paolo 
Coelho, and it says, on the back it says, Dreams are made to be followed, life is meant to be lived. Some books are meant to be read, love and passed on. The Alchemist is one of those books. I've done that with Robert Wagner's books and Joe Dispenza. I've read Joe Dispenza's books and Robert Wagner's, and then since I've finished them, I've gave I've gave them to my mum and my sister because they they are powerful books. So I want other people to have them. But it says here, it is the story of a shepherd boy from the Spanish province of Adalicia who dreams of travelling the world in search of a treasure as desirable as any ever found. From his home, he journeys into the exotic markets of North Africa and then into the Egyptian desert, where a fateful encounter with the alchemist awaits him. It is an unforgettable story about the essential wisdom of listening to our heart and, above all, following our dreams. I've heard that this is a very sort of empowering book so I'm looking forward to that and I love the cover of it it's it's orange it's like orange yellow and different shades of orange and it's got the pyramids on it it's quite cool so that I think that would be a fun one as well this next one I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast and it's called discover your psychic powers a Practical Guide to Psychic Development and Spiritual Growth by Tara Ward. And this one, I am a few pages in, but this is more of a book that I think you sort of you sort of go in and out of it. So if you want to learn about the chakras or something, chapter 5, you can learn about the chakras, breathing and relaxation, energies, and then you've got all different types of things in here, like self-healing and crystals stuff tarot cards and i've got an open mind to everything so i'll i'll look at everything but i think what i do is if somebody says if i listen to a podcast and somebody says they say something about the chakras i could i'm going to use this book as reference because it's got it's got pages about the heart each chakra has got lots of pages about it so this would be fun and when i started reading this i was enjoying this I don't know why I put it down. It's one of those I put it down and then... Oh, this was fun. There was a, it was a little exercise in here. So it's all about basically being more... Yeah, little things really. Like, you think it's about psychic powers. It's, it's just about being more aware in everyday life. So one of the exercises in here is eating an apple, but eating it really slowly and like listening to the sounds as you crunch it. Like feeling the the juices and then tasting tasting it so in other words eating the apple and really eating really eating the apple because normally what you do most people just like stuff the apple eat the apple and then they don't even realize they're eating the apple and before they've before they know it the apple's finished so this book it's got little practical exercises like that in it but on the back it says have you ever felt you possessed a sixth sense or intuition you found difficult to explain? Despite man's extraordinary technolog- technological advances, do you still feel something is missing? A deeper, more spiritual meaning to life. Discover Your Psychic Powers addresses these issues and much more 
by taking you into the realms of greater awareness. It shows you step by step how to uncover your own potential using both meditative and physical exercises. It reveals how psychic and spiritual development can completely transform your life whilst also having a positive effect on everyone around you. Most importantly, Discover Your Psychic Powers has been written in a simple, factual style, making this complex subject both easily accessible and fascinating. Like I said, really simple little exercises, and then what does it, it, because doing that with a fruit, you become more aware of eating the fruit, and then before you know it, you're more aware of everything. It's, It's all about awareness, really. I've said that so many times. I feel like, I feel like everything in life is about awareness, and especially art. We're going to get to the art books in a minute, (laughs) but another book, which this is kind of art-related, because I've heard a lot of artists' podcasts talk about this book, because it's all about stories. It's Joseph Campbell's A Hero with a Thousand Faces. So this is a... Well, when I... In 2013, I found Joseph Campbell on YouTube... And I became obsessed with him. I was the way he talks and stuff. I find him fascinating. So I went and bought this book, more as like a sort of a spiritual thing, really. And then, like I said, I start, as I was listening to podcasts, this book it kept coming up on these art podcasts. And it, I was thinking that's really weird. But what it is is it's it's all about how it, basically there's really only one story. And every single story through life and all these myths and everything they're all telling the same story but in in different ways so this book's quite amazing on the back it just says praise for the hero with a thousand faces and it's got loads of famous people like George Lucas the Times magazine they're all talking about it so what I'll do is I'll read what George Lucas said and obviously he made the Star Wars so yeah, there was a video on YouTube about George Lucas talking about how this book goes into Star Wars. So it says, this is what George Lucas said. In the three decades since I discovered The Hero with a Thousand Faces, it has continued to fascinate and inspire me. Joseph Campbell peers through centuries and shows us that we are all connected by a basic need to hear stories and understand ourselves. As a book, it is wonderful to read. An illumination into the human condition. It is a revelation. Sounds cool. And then on the front, on the front it says, Since its release in 1949, The Hero with a Thousand Faces has influenced millions of readers by combining the insights of modern psychology with Joseph Campbell's revolutionary understanding of comparative mythology. In these pages... Joseph Joseph Campbell outlines the hero's journey, a universal motive of adventure and transformation that runs through virtually all of the world's mythic traditions. He also explains the cosmogonic cycle, the cosmogonic cycle, the mythic pattern of world creation and destruction, Nice. Creation and destruction. That loop. As part of the Joseph Campbell Foundation, collected works of Joseph Campbell, this third edition features expanded illustrations. 
He's got little drawings in here as well. Oh, that's a bit. There's a, there's a thing of a, very quite a scary thing here. But yeah, this is actually going to be a bit like, this is going to be a bit like that other book here, with Carlos Castaneda. It's going to be combining terror, with with love, which is what it all is. <laughs> so, I've tried to read this book, two times, and what's happened is I've got. By the looks of it, I got to page 30. I got to page 31, chapter 4. And both times I've tried to read this book, something in my head has said that this isn't, it's not the right time. It's very weird. It's a weird feeling. But something has said, this isn't the right time to read it. And I feel like when I read this book, it's going to be transformative. I've just got that feeling. So I'm sort of saving this, but I am gonna, I'm going to... I'm going to read this this year. So and I, I can't wait for that. It's a very thick book, though. Very thick. We've got one more little book that is not fully art-related. And this one I heard on the Sean West podcast. Sean McCabe was talking about this. And it's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Powerful Lessons in Personal Change. And it's by Stephen R. Covey. So this one, on the back it says, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is recognised as one of the most influential books ever written. In this seminal work, Stephen R. Covey presents a holistic, integrated, principle-centred approach for solving personal and professional problems with penetrating insights and pointed antidote and antidotes, Kobe reveals a step-by-step framework for living and working based on fundamental principles or natural laws, giving us the security to adapt to change and the wisdoms and power to take advantage of the opportunities that change creates. Translated into 34 languages and with phenomenal sales, the the seven habits of highly effective people has been the key to success of legions of individuals, business leaders and organisations the world over. What I like about this is, you got, I like this, we've got books here which are spiritual and then you've got books which are like sort of practical but they're both saying the same thing really. They're both saying about, it's all about balance. This book is all about adapting to change and then like these books here, A Hero with a Thousand Faces, that's all about transformation. So it's kind of like the same thing, really. But yeah, you're gonna, I think they're gonna get, you're gonna get the same thing, but coming from different different areas. So now we're gonna get into the art books. And the first one is The Art of Spirit by Robert Henry. Uh, I love this book. I haven't, I haven't fully read it, but what it is is it's a book full of just quotes really lots of inspirational things so what you do is you you turn it to a page and they'll just be like little inspirational quotes it's cool <laughs> it is cool this one Robert Henry I like that name Robert Henry on the back it says paint what you feel paint what you see paint what is real to you The art of spirit represents the best of the collected works, 
teachings and letters of inspired artist and teacher Robert Henry. Filled with valuable technical advice as well as wisdom about the place of art and the artist in American society. This classic work continues to be a must-read for all aspiring artists and lovers of art. And then we've got a little quote here from George Bellows. He says, I would give anything to have come by this book years ago. It is, in my opinion, comparable only to the notes of Leonardo and Sir Joshua. Sir jo- Sir jo- Joshua. One of the finest voices which expresses the philosophy of modern man in painting. Beautiful. So, yeah, this is a... It smells nice. I've, I've had this one for ages and it still smells nice. And on the cover we've got a little painting of a... Hmm, that could be a little boy or a little girl. But they look a little bit... A little bit sort of maybe haunting. It's a cool cover though. I'll just read one of the little bits in here. So you've got many things that come into the world are not locked into. The individual says, My crowd doesn't run that way. I say, Don't run with crowds. <laughs> That's cool. Be yourself. The next book is I heard about this one by from. Oh no, what was he, what was he called? Art by Jar, I've forgotten his name now. Ah, but Art by Jar on YouTube, he said about this book, I bet bet his name comes to me in a minute. (laughs) It's called The Power of Habit, Why We Do What We Do and How to Change by Charles Duhigg. I've talked about this on the podcast as well before I think. This is another one I started reading, got to part one, and then I thought I'd save it for another day, and it's been months since I got back into it. So it says, In the Power of Habit, award-winning New York Times business reporter Charles Duhigg takes us into the thrilling and surprising world of the scientific study of habits. He examines why some people and companies struggle to change. Again, we're dealing with change here. This is a common theme here with all my books. Despite years of trying, yeah, he examines why some people and companies struggle to change despite years of trying, while others seem to remake themselves overnight. He visits laboratories where neuroscience explains how habits work and where, exactly, they reside in our brains. And he, and he uncovers how the right habits were crucial to the success of Olympic swimmer Michael Ple- Michael Plebs. <laughs> Michael Plebs, Star- Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz, and civil rights hero Martin Luther King Jr. The result is a compelling argument and an empowering discovery. The key to exercising regularly, regularly, losing weight, raising ex exceptionally exceptional children becoming more productive that's what i want or even building revolutionary companies is understanding how habits work by harnessing this new science we can transform our business our communities and our lives well i'm going to love this because habits are key what i've noticed 
I one of these one of these jobs that I'm doing. I've got two jobs at the minute, and one of them is it completely destroyed a lot of my habits, and it's been amazing how like when the habits go or your little rituals and routines, it's so hard to get them back again, and it's it's amazing how like a little routine for doing one thing, it's you don't realise it, but it's linked to everything else. So when one of these little pieces of your routine sort of gets affected by something, everything else does. So it's quite interesting, but I'm I'm going to look forward to that one as well. The next book is The War of Art. Again, this was from this. I got this from the same person. Oh, his name's right on my thing. I'm going to have to look at his name in a minute. It begins, it begins with J, Jonathan Rector. I'll put a link to his website and stuff. But he also recommended this book called The War of Art. Break Free the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles by Stephen Pressfield. And it says at the bottom, a vital gem, a kick in the ass. <laughs> so on the back it says, Creative work is a gift to the world and every being in it don't cheat us of your contribution give us what you've got and that's a quote by Stephen Pressfield who wrote this one and it says do you dream about writing the great American novel regret not finishing your paintings poems or screenplays want to start a business or charity wish you could start dieting or exercising today hope to run a marathon someday if you answered yes to any of these questions, then you need the world of art, the war of art. In this powerful, straight-from-the-hip examination of the internal obstacles to success. Again, there's another common theme here. It's, it's, it's all in the mind. It's all in the mind. It says, best-selling author Stephen Pressfield shows readers how to identify defeat and unlock the inner barriers to creativity. The War of Art is an inspirational, funny, we like funny, well-aimed kick in the pants, guaranteed to galvanise every would-be artist, visionary or entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. I've not even opened that one before. So, and on the cover we've got a little, a little block with a tiny little puppy, like a little puppy growing out of it that's quite cool that little poppy is going to grow into something beautiful <laughs> the next book is a sketchbook and it's a moleskin cashier's collection it's a plain journal sketchbook i love these sketchbooks it was what's his face <laughs> what's his face jake parker the bloke who runs inktober he he said that these are his favourite sketchbooks and I started using them, I really like them. But I don't use them for like my proper sketching. These are more for like my little Sophies. I do my little Sophies in these because they're quite nice with Copics, Copic markers. The next book is another book recommended by... I've forgotten his name again. What's his face? Inktober bloke, Jake Parker. It's called Perspective Made Easy. 
by Ernest R. Norling. So, I've forgotten his name again. <laughs> Jake Parker. Jake Parker did a course at svslearn.com and what I did, what, as he was doing that, he actually brought this book up, Perspective Made Easy. I got it off eBay for about £3, so it wasn't that, it wasn't that expensive, but Jake Parker said it's a really good good book for perspective and I, I'm struggling with perspective. In a, I think I'm scared of it really, so I'm sort of avoiding it. But I'm going to I'm going to this year as well, I'm gonna focus on perspective. Again, SVS Learn have just launched a new little course about perspective. So I'm hoping that as I'm going through that course, I'll be going through this book as well. Which would be quite nice. This book's quite cool. Inside it's got everything's got a lot of space to breathe. It's quite a little book for an art book. But yeah, it looks well, Jake Parker said it. It was, it made perspective easy. <laughs> perspective made easy. That's quite funny. It says at the back, perspective is easy, yet surprisingly few artists know the simple rules that make it so. Now they can remedy that situation with this step-by-step book, the the first devoted entirely to clarifying the laws of perspective, using over two hundred fifty simple line drawings. The author leads the reader through every important concept. This is going to be amazing. I'm actually going to force my, force myself to do this, I think. Maybe after... I might actually go into this book next. I'll have to wait and see. So inside, it's got... It's all about the horizon line. It's going in... What's it got? It's got 20 steps... That's quite cool. So it starts out with like the horizon line. Step two, it goes into the eye level and its relationship to perspective drawing. Step three, we're getting into parallel lines. Step four, we're getting into the three sets of parallels. And it's just building up very slowly by the looks of things. And then by the end, we're doing mechanical perspective. Perspective downhill, uphill. And the false eye level. That'd be interesting, I think. So I don't like the cover so much, though. It's quite a, it's quite a boring cover, I think. It looks a bit like uh, it looks a bit like my first cover. <laughs> it's sort of like it looks a bit like a clip art cover or something. But covers don't make a book or something, in it. They say, don't judge a book by its cover something like it. The next one is Nicolades, The Natural Way to Draw. I think it was Proko, Stan Prokopenko at Proko.com. I think he recommended this one. I've not even looked in this one either, but it says, The Essential Guide to Learning to Draw. And it says, at the back it says, The job of the teacher, as I see it, is to teach students not how to draw, but how to learn to draw. Not how to draw, but how to learn to draw. How to learn to draw. That's cool. Yeah, because if, if you learn if you learn how to learn how to draw, that means you're going to keep, yeah, you'll keep getting better. If you learn how to draw, that's limiting. But if you, if you learn how to learn how to draw, 
Yeah. I don't fully understand that. <laughs> it says, concentrating on mastering the key concepts of drawing that will make a drawing come alive in his own unique and perceptive way, Nicolades focuses on teaching how a student can convey gesture and action, expression and feelings in their work. I love gesture. I think gesture is my favourite part of drawing. It says, little quote, learning to draw is really a matter of learning to see. I got that from Bert Dodgson in his book, Keys to Drawing. That was all about learning how to see. Consisting of 64 exercises. I like the sound of that because I love I love little exercises. Let's see if we can get exercise number 10. Descriptive poses. Describe a pose with which the model is to take. Then make a one minute gesture study. This will be cool. Yeah, so this book is full of little exercises. I'm going to love this. It's got images as well. Little images. It says, consisting of 64 exercises that are intended to be studies over the course of a year, each section will develop earlier skills and is a constructive way for the student to begin to look at people and objects. It, when it says here, continue to develop earlier skills, I think that goes back to the original quote thing. When you're not learning how to draw, you're learning how to learn to draw. It's kind of like, it's like you're developing how to draw. You're learning how to learn how to draw. That's confusing me a little bit. It says here, you begin to look at people and objects in a fresh way that will be the foundation of their drawing. Little quote again, the impulse to draw is as natural as the impulse to talk. That's why little, little babies and kids are always drawing. I wonder why I wonder why as we grow up a lot of us f stop drawing. It's a shame really. It says extensively illustrated with reproductions of the work of the older masters including Raphael Turtles <laughs> Titillian Titillian that's cool Titian and Rubens that reminds me of the racing driver Rubens Barrichello. It says, it says, so it says, extensively illustrated with reproductions of the work of the old masters, such as Rubens and stuff, to the work of Van Gogh and Picasso, as well as the work of his students. I like that. I'd rather look at students' work than masters' works, I think. I think I'd learn more from the students. It said, which demonstrate the development a young artist can achieve through following this guide. This is going to be amazing. So let's have a look and see if it's got... So the exercises... Is the list of the exercises. We're going to have contour drawing, gesture drawing, cross contours, potential gesture. I've never heard of that. The flash pose. Sounds good. Weight. The modelled drawing. Memory drawing. Oh, this is going to be amazing. Section four is called memory drawing and other quick studies. And you've got five little exercises called memory drawing, moving action, descriptive poses, reverse poses and group poses. It's going to be cool. 
Then you've got the model drawing in ink, the daily composition, the model drawing in watercolour. Ah, oh, we're even going to be using different mediums and stuff. This is going to be fun. See, something, I'm, something I love about working through books is you can work at your own pace, but it also structures what you're learning. Because so, sometimes when I try... Like if I'm trying to learn perspective, if I'm just trying to look for, for videos on YouTube and stuff, it's kind of overwhelming. So when you have a book, and I, I do prefer books over courses, it's just the courses seem to be better. Or like they have more content. But I think working through books is much better because it just feels a bit more... It feels a bit more like you can go at your own pace. Whereas with courses, it's... I don't know, there's a different pace to it. But some of the other things in here, we've got right-angled studied study, the five-hour contour, five hours. You're going to be doing a little contour drawing for five hours. Quick contour, the head, I definitely need that. Ah, section seven is emphasis on the head. That'd be good. The gesture of the features, right-angled contours. Then we've got part of the form, 10-minute form studies, the model drawing in ink continued, back to the model, the model drawing in watercolour continued. That's good. So like it says on the back, you're, you're going to be going back and forth between what you're learning. Quick studies of drapery, long study of drapery. I'm going to love that as well. The figure with drapery. Oh, this is cool. The daily composition continued. The extended gesture drawing, the sustained study, light and shade. There's loads of them here. And the last few, there's so many more, but the last few is gesture on coloured paper, straight and curving coloured. Ah, oh, so we're going to, by the end, you're getting into learning colour as well. There's bits on muscle. This book's going to be amazing. I wish I had... See, I, I bought this book and just stuffed it on my shelf. I haven't even, I haven't even looked in it before. This is going to be a fun one, I think. So that's Nicolades' The Natural Way to Draw. The next one, again, this was from, I think this was also from Stan Prokopenko at Proko.com. I was working through his figure drawing course, and I, what happened was I got to this gesture drawing phase, and I actually. I never went back to it after that because what again what happened was after the gesture he starts going onto the bean and then you've got to start doing sh you've got to start doing basic shapes in perspective and I, I got scared and I I sort of stopped and it's exactly the same with this book this book which is called figure drawing design and in invention by Michael Hampton I got quite a way through this book and until it started going onto the structure, like the basic shapes, and again it it scared me, so I stopped doing it. So instead of facing what I'm struggling with, I'm running away from it, which is like I keep doing. So I've I've what I've got to do is I've got to learn perspective before I start trying to draw the figure in perspective. Pages of eyes here. This would be good. I didn't look at that before. Huh. I love drawing eyes. But what I studied from this book, it was really good. I was really enjoying it, and it, yeah, it was going all over like the structure. It was going over the gesture, 
But it was also talking about, I think he calls it landmarks of the body. So like, I, I was actually starting to learn the what the things, what the names of things are on the body, like the bones and stuff. And I got to a point where I could, I could work my way down the body and name each part of the body without looking at anything. And I can't do that. I can't. I don't think I could do that now, because I've I've forgotten. It was a few years ago that I, I left this book. Yeah. So what it says here is figure drawing. On the back it says figure drawing, design and invention, is an instructional figure drawing book geared towards the novice and experienced artist alike. This book emphasises a simplified understanding of surface anatomy facilitating the artist's understanding of invention and mechanics of the figure, ultimately creating a skill set that can be successfully applied to other media. In addition, this book strongly focuses strongly on practical usage, making sure the steps presented here can be assimilated into a cohesive working process. Nice. And I really like the artwork in this book. And yeah, what they do is he's um he just yeah what he's done is I remember this he's basically he's turning the body into little basic shapes so you, that's what made it really easy and he colour codes it as well so it, what made it really easy to remember like the landmarks was he's he turns it into a basic shape and then he colours it so these little landmarks they all pop out because everything's colour coded. It's very easy to look at look at these drawings and see each piece of the like anatomy, but the thing is, it, I was getting confused because because I just I can't at the moment I ca I can't really draw in perspective in my head. So the next book is called <laughs> this is a weird one, Aromatherapy, Massage and Yoga, a comprehensive practical guide to achieving mental and physical well-being, relieving stress and discovering new vitality using natural therapeutic techniques with more than 700 step-by-step -step photographs. There's two reasons for this. One, I want to learn yoga. I want to start doing yoga, but also it's like reference for drawing. It's full of just loads and loads of poses. So what you can do is you're seeing the body being bended in absolutely extreme, like in sh extreme ways. So you could you can use this for studying the figure, as well as actually learning yoga, which is going to be good for you. So it's gonna, this is going to be really good. This and loads of hand studies as well, because it's got that thing about massage. So you're going to have there's a nice bum in here as well. <coughs> nice bum. But you've got nice little hands. So again, if you want to study hands, this could be amazing. Little babies. There's all sorts of things in here. It's going to be really good for for that as well. But it's going to be fascinating to start doing the yoga stuff. So on the back, it just says, talks about aromatherapy, massage and yoga. And it also features... Shiatsu, Shiatsu, and reflexology. So that's and it's. I got this in the second hand shop for a quid. 
so it's quite a little good little bargain I think it's uh, exciting for that one we've got another perspective book I've heard so many good things about this it's called Vanishing Point Perspective for Comics from the Ground Up by Jason Cheeseman Mayer and this one I actually heard it on I think it was called I think it was the Artist Helping Artists podcast which that podcast is all about like traditional painting and getting your art into galleries and stuff so it's nothing to do with comic books but yet they recommended this book because they said it really was a good book for perspective and the fact that I love manga and anime I think I'm going to enjoy this because it's got little comic books and scenes and stuff so on the back it says gain a new perspective on drawing master perspective like the prose vanishing point shows you how to conquer the fundamentals of perspective drawing and and then equips you with technical tricks and tools that can make dynamic and complex scenes a snap this complete guide helps you build your understanding of perspective to an an intuitive level that's what I said yeah I can't wait for that I can't wait for the point when I can just draw things in perspective like shapes without just I can I can't wait till I can see something in my head in perspective which I can't even do that in the minute really I struggle to see it in my head but it's going to be fun when you can see something in your head and then just draw it on the paper I can't wait for that so it says so you can draw anything you can imagine and it says inside you'll find complete instruction on drawing in one two and three point perspective and four five point curvilinear perspective where straight lines are drawn as curves that's gonna be weird it's like fish eyes i think curvilinear perspective has not been taught in any other perspective book until now i've never even heard of it it says full color step by step step-by-step demonstrations move you beyond the theories and let you practice the techniques in real scenes a special chapter on drawing curves helps you break out of the box and draw cylinders ellipses cars and most importantly people in perfect perspective shortcuts and tips show you how to create believable perspective in no time flat no matter what your skill level Vanishing Point offers you a new way of looking at perspective and lets you draw as though you have decades of drawing experience, even if you don't. You'll learn everything you need to know to pour your imagination on the page with power and confidence. That's going to be fun. And if we look inside, yeah, it's just it's got lots and lots of... See, this scares me. When I look at stuff like this, it scares me. Because it's just lots of lines all over the place. I feel a bit intimidated by perspective. But every time I have studied it, I've understood it. It's just I don't believe that I... I don't believe in myself enough to be able to... I don't know. Weird. The next book, Colour Mixing Bible by Ian Sidaway. I've actually read through this and it's, it's a brilliant book. It starts out talking about basic colour theory and then it tells you like how different types of medium handle colour differently but then mainly what this book is is it's just pages and pages of colours 
like little what are they call color charts i love this book and then what it does as well it shows you how what it, what it does is it shows you say up here it's got crimson well it's got cadmium red and then what it does is you can look at say you want to mix cap cadmium red with a green you can look at this book and it will show you what mixing cadmium red with green will look like so you just get like tons of different shades of each color so like in the future when you're painting if you wanted a certain color you can come in here and say i like that green and then you can backtrack and see what colors made it so that you can then try to re recreate that color so this is going to be a beautiful book for reference for like getting colors and again it, it does what pencils look like with different colors inks so i do love this it says at the front all you'll ever need to know about mixing pigments in oil acrylic watercolor gouache soft pastel colored pencil and ink beautiful book that is and it says contains a visual directory of over 10,000 color mixes it's mental <laughs> what have we got left we've got only a few left now this one's going to be a long episode i think this book lifelike drawing in colored pencils by lee hammond so i love lee hammond she's probably she's got one of my favorite books my second favorite my favorite art book is keys to drawing by bert dodgson my second favorite is lifelike drawings from photographs something like that by lee hammond so i got this one after doing that book lifelike drawing in colored pencil and I worked through this one up to, I got quite a long way in this, and then what happened? Yeah, I think what happened was, I. it was about the time when I moved in with my mum and stuff, so a lot of stuff happened in life, and I just ended up, again, I put the book down and I haven't gone back to it, but I was, I was really, my coloured pencil drawing was really improving a lot from this book, so just like her traditional pencil drawing book this book has got it's very simple to understand lots of little exercises and the main thing is it's you really do see yourself getting better which just motivates you so i've, I've got to get back into this book but i think it's been a couple of years now i think i'll have to probably restart it i think but i, I love this book definitely recommend that one and then the next one, so there's two books here, both by the artist James Gurney, who's the creator of Dinotopia. I've had so many people talk about these books. So the first one is called Colour and Light, and they've spelt colour wrong. They spelt it C-O-L-O-R, which just looks, it doesn't look right. Colour should have a U in it. <laughs> so it says at the back, so Dylan Cole, who's a concept art director from Avatar, he said, this is the book I wish I had in art school. So down the bottom it says, unlike many other art books that only give recipes, I like that word, recipes for mixing colours or describe step-by-step -step painting techniques, Colour and light answers the questions 
Realist painters continually ask, such as, "What happens when sky colors? At, what happens with sky colors at sunset? How do colors change with distance? And what makes a form look three-dimensional?" Author James Gurney draws on his experience as a plein air painter and science illustrator to share a wealth of information about the realist painter's most fundamental tools, colour and light. He bridges the gap between abstract theory and practical knowledge for traditional and digital artists of all levels of skills. So, a, a click, a click, a click flick through his book, I can say he's a very good artist he's got these dinosaurs walking around everyday earth oh i love his art i've never i've never looked in this book before he's got like sci-fi this oh this this these are, yeah, I, I hope you look at the video because he's got he's got amazing artwork in here he's got like little dinosaurs oh <laughs> i like this Oh, this is going to be really cool, actually. It's just, it's going to be all about colour and light, which I know nothing about, so I need that one. And then the other one, Imaginative Realism, again, by James Gurney, How to Paint What Doesn't Exist. This is another skill that I need. So, like, Bert Dodgson taught me how to look at something and be able to draw what I see. So, like, silence the mind... So that I'm drawing what I see and not listening to what the mind wants to draw. But I wanted to get to... I, I, re, I realised that I couldn't draw what my mind wanted to draw. Because I could only draw what I see in front of me. So this book, Imaginative Realism, is all about drawing from your imagination. Which I can't wait for this one. So it says... On the back it says... Most art instruction books show you how to draw or paint something you can see, a still life, a landscape or a portrait. But if you want but what if you want to make a realistic picture of something that you can only imagine? This book shows you the time-tested methods used by artists since the Renaissance to turn your dreams into reality. I can't wait for this. Because it, 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 did, it did surprise me. Ah, oh, James Gurney is an amazing artist. I've never looked at his art before. He's got like a mermaid sitting on some sort of creature in the water. I love, it. I love this artist. So it's always good when you're studying from an artist whose work you love. Because that, that actually means that you might one day be able to be as good as them. If you're studying from them. But something that did surprise me. Was. Because I got to a point where I could look at something and draw it. And then when I started trying to draw in my imagination. I realised I didn't know anything. So it was almost like. You had to go completely back to. To knowing nothing. It was a bit. It was a little bit demoralising to be honest. And then it was a bit scary. Because then I realised I had to learn perspective. And all these other things and. Yeah, it's a little bit overwhelming sometimes. The next book is Persona 4, Official Dreamworks. So this is a book full of artwork, concept art and sketches 
from my all-time favourite video game, Persona 4. And there's not really much to say other than it's a really good book if you're into Persona and like video games. It's really cool this book. It's got I especially love the sketches. I don't think there's enough sketches in here. I would have liked more sketches. But you also have like pages of pages that you could almost cut out and stick on your wall. Rise, she's amazing. Chie, she's my favourite. I love the characters of that game. So I thought I'd get the book. And I, I do like that book. The next book is called Framed Ink. Drawing and Composition for Visual Storytellers by Marcus Mati Mystery. Here's a little secret. Before I started this podcast, I practiced recording podcasts, and one of the podcasts that I practiced was was this book. So what I did was I went through this book for about thirty minutes, talking about it, and but I never released it. It's still on my computer, I think. I should release that as a video, maybe. Yeah, I might do. But when I when I flicked through this book, it was it was amazing. It's all done in ink, and it's all like sort of mangoy, manga and comic book. It says at the back, Spanish-born Marcus Matia Mestri is a visual concept, traditional animation layout, and graphic novel artist with more than 20 years of experience in feature animation. Some of his film credits include titles such as Balbo, The Prince of Egypt, Asterix and the Vikings, and Surf's Up. His work as a filmmaker has been focused on both the design and cinematic aspects of frame composition, lighting and visual continuity of many key animation sequences. In addition to his film work for primarily DreamWorks Animation, in Sony Pictures Animation, he has taught drawing, illustration and visual storytelling techniques for 12 years and been a member of several international film festivals. What I liked about this book was, it's another one of those books that you could, you could like pop into it, you could pop in and just learn something and come back out. It's, it's almost like a, a never-ending reference book. But there's so much in here, it's amazing. He breaks it all down into one bit on just characters. Then you've got one bit on, talks about silhouettes. Basically, it's just really, it was really good when I went through it. The final book on my little bookshelf is by Imagine FX, and it's called Anatomy Essentials. Again, I've I've been through this one. What I do with this one, it's, it's a book all about... Well, it's a bookazine, so it's it's sort of like a book and a magazine. It's very thick. This book's really good for. There's artists in here who walk through their process, which is interesting. So you get little tips and stuff. It there's pages and pages of sketches. So if you enjoy sketching, there's lots of little things. It's got animals and humans. Talks about the hand. It basically is a really good anatomy book, especially if you're into like sort of stylizing and stuff. It's really cool. But this is one of those I've not really studied from it. I've just flicked through it and st- and sketched things and really. But I did. I like that one. That's basically it. I think. 
It went a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Ding! Little Dennis has ended it. I did, just before this podcast, I, me and Little Dennis went into the cupboard in the passage and I shut my eyes and let Little Dennis pick a book randomly off the cupboard, off the shelf. And what he picked was, because in my cupboard I've got a load of books that aren't on my bookshelf, he picked The Dragon's Dogma Strategy Guide. So Dragon's Dogma is a video game from the PS3, and I think they released it on the PS4 as well. But this this video game was my favourite video game ever. I never used this strategy guide, but what I did was I loved the game so much that when I completed it, I actually bought the book. So the book is it's full of just all the items in the game, but you also get like loads of little screenshots and stuff. And all the maps, you get to see all the monsters. So if you're in, if you're into like monsters and stuff, it's, it's quite cool. But I, I've never really used this book for anything other than just looking at the art artwork, really. Because what I loved about Dragon's Dogma was it had really cool characters, setting, and clothing. So this is this is like one of those sort of reference books, really for me but I love that game I would say it's my I would say it's probably my favourite PS3 game Dragon's Dogma it had an amazing soundtrack as well so that's a little Brucey bonus and that's basically it you can see a video of this podcast at youtube.com slash Sophie Lawson and you can find show notes and everything at sophielawson.com and all that's left is this week's inspirational quote. And it actually goes to Joseph Campbell, who he created the, the, one of the books called A Hero with a Thousand Faces. And he's, this quote is my, I'd say it's my all-time favourite quote. It's on the front page of my website. And it says, the quote is, by Joseph Campbell, it says, We must let go of the life we have planned so as to accept the one that is waiting for us. That is by Joseph Campbell. (laughs) Joseph Campbell.